Boy, I tell you what, tell some ladies, like, leave your kids at home and just come to something and y'all show up. Yeah. This is crazy. Okay, you got, we, actually, let me, let me just put this out here. If you are uncomfortable for any reason with the amount of space that is between you and the next person, we have an overflow room where we are streaming everything so you're, everybody else is coming is going back there. So thank you guys so much for coming out tonight, for hanging out with us this evening. My name is Shayla, and my husband and I, TJ, actually um, pastor this church. So if you're here for the very first time, <laughs> we just want to say welcome to you. And maybe you're here from another church. We're so excited that you guys are joining us here tonight. I hope you guys are plugged into a local church because that's where it is at, to be in community, connected, serving, growing, with your local body. And if you don't have a church, we can recommend a church near you. So we just want to connect you guys and plug you guys in. Well, this is our first She Gathering in one year. You know, a lot, lot of crazy stuff has happened throughout this year. And honestly, you guys, I struggled when, when, we, when we were like, okay, we're gonna do She Gathering in January. And usually, like, God lays something on my heart and he did. I literally started on a message then I was like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> then I started on another message, got a little ways into it. I'm like, nope, that's not it. And then this is the one that I landed on. So I need you guys to lean in real good because God has something to say to you tonight because he made me change my message three times. So how many of you guys have ever gone to a fair and gone into like one of those fun houses, like those mirrors where it's all like the crazy mirrors and they like you're, you're looking at yourself and like the front half of you is, is large and the bottom half of you is really skinny or your head's really big and you know, you're short, your, your legs are really short, but you walk into these places and there's this distorted view, right, of, of what you see. It's you but it just looks a little bit different. There's this distorted image that happens when you begin to look in those mirrors. And as I was thinking about going in the fun house as a kid, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And we would just go in there with your friends, right? And you'd laugh at the other person and you would just be joking back and forth. But you know what I think happens? I think this actually happens to us a lot in life. Right? I think we have this, this picture that we have of our life, and when we look in that picture, when we look in that mirror, when we filter it through our experiences, through what has happened to us, many times, in the majority of the time, we come up with a distort, distorted view of our real self. Yeah. And so I, I actually, um, somebody made me a ghetto uh, fun mirror. <laughs> I'll show you guys my good side. But when I look, when I look in, in this mirror, it's still me. It just looks a little bit different. Yeah. And I think that, that there's so many times in life and so many experiences that we have that we see this distorted view of ourselves. We see this through the perspective of hurt. We, we see it through the perspective of maybe the divorce that we experienced. We see it through maybe the loss of a child or a loved one. We see it through the betrayal that, that maybe happened to us a while ago, and we begin to filter our view, and it becomes distorted. But the reality is there's this other view that is perfectly clear. In both, 
We're standing in front of both of these mirrors. We're looking at the exact same person in the exact same thing. However, one is distorted and one has clarity. And tonight, just for the sake of all of this, this is going to represent so many times how we see our life, and this is going to represent the view that God has of us. Because, see, God sees us with, like, this beautiful, perfect, amazing picture. He doesn't see us through the lens of our hurt or our disappointment or our failures or our mess-ups or any of those things. He sees us perfectly filtered into the person that he made us to be. However, our experience and things begin to distort this. You know, for a long time, so my husband and I will be married 21 years in May. And... God bless me. (laughs) Um, But before I started dating TJ, I was in a relationship prior to that for about four years. And it was a really destructive relationship. It was this guy that cheated on me consistently. I, I would literally remember sitting there, and he, there would be somebody that walked by, and he goes, Shayla, why don't you look like that? Wow. And I got to this point where you guys know when you're stuck in that cycle and you think, well, this is just what I'm worth. I don't deserve anything better. I don't deserve anything different. See, I was standing in front of a mirror, and what I was seeing was a distorted view of myself and how I was seeing myself. And I stayed in this relationship consistently over, over and over and over again because that was the only view that I had of myself. And I remember remaining in this relationship for so long that I just, I couldn't give myself, bring myself to, to step out of that relationship to find something new because that is where all of my worth and my value was wrapped up in what this person said about me. And how many of you guys know through your experience, maybe it's a a business partner that betrayed you. Maybe it's a spouse that, that left you and said you're not good enough anymore. Maybe it's disappointment and discouragement that God hasn't done what he, you thought he should do. And you begin to filter your life and your experiences through a dysfunctional lens. And today I want to talk to you guys about a guy named Gideon. I know you're like, we're at a women's thing. Why are you talking about a guy? Because Gideon was a drama queen, okay? Like he, he was just, he had all kinds of issues. And I think that we can, I personally relate to him. And so I want to talk to you guys about this story out of the book of Judges, starting in, in um, chapter 6, and it's verses 11 through 16. Now, before we pick up into this this chapter, there's a history that's happened. You guys know the Israelites that were in bondage for so long, and God rescues them out of Israel, and eventually they're like wandering around the desert, and they get to the promised land. Well, they're in the promised land for about 40 years. They've had incredible leaders. They've, They've had Moses and Aaron and Joshua And what's happening right now where we're going to pick up in the story is actually Joshua has just died. And Joshua was this incredible leader that was able to protect and lead and guide and just bring peace and unity to all of these people. Well, when Joshua dies, that dies with him. And the Midianites are these people that used to be in the promised land, that were kicked out of the promised land, and now they see an opportunity And they're going, oh, they have no leader, they're dysfunctional, they're arguing amongst themselves, and they come in and they begin to torment the Midianites. How many of you guys kind of had that in your life? Like one situation changes and it feels like everything is against you. 
feels like there's this load that you're carrying that you just can't even get out of, of, of the situation that you're in, of the circumstances that you're in. And this is where we pick up the story. So basically, the Midianites have been continuously berating these people, and here's where we find Gideon. Let's look at the scripture. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah. That was way before her show. And it says, that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Listen to Gideon's response. Pardon me, Lord? Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all of the wonders of their ancestors told us about when they said, did the, not, the Lord not bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of the Midianites. See, drama, he just like over and over. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. Save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, the Lord, or pardon the Lord. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I, believe, I will be with you and will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, here's what, we're going to break this story down a little bit, but here's what I see right here. God shows up in the middle of a difficult situation where Gideon is at his worst. And can I just tell you guys something right now? It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you have it all together or if it's perfect or, you know, the right relationship or the perfect circumstances. God is showing up to Gideon when he is looking at this image and going, Gideon, that's not what I see. I see this. And I think God shows up in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our discouragements and says, Gideon, you were made to overcome. Daughter, you were made to overcome. I don't care what your circumstances look like. I don't care what your situation looks like. You are made to be victorious. You are made to overcome. You are made to walk in healing. You are made to walk in victory. And I don't care what you see in the mirror. I see a different picture. And I think Gideon walks through a progression with God. And I think some of, some of the things that he does are the, some of the things that we do in our life that hold us back from recognizing all that God has made us to be. Here's the first thing, fear. In Judges 6, 11, it says, where Gideon, his son, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, check this out. You guys, you guys know what a wine press is, right? Everybody's seen the I Love Lucy kind of thing where they're like in there and they're laughing and they're stomping around on the grapes and we're just having a good time and this is amazing. Well, that's not the kind of wine press Gideon is in. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how, to, how they thresh wheat and how wine presses don't go with that. So in the old days, what you would do is you would take this bundle of wheat, you would go up on a hill or a mountain, you would throw this wheat with like a pitchfork or something up in the air, you would allow the wind to blow out what is called the chaff, which is the bad stuff of the wheat, and what remained was the stuff that you sold or something that you used to, to make food with and all of those different things. So you would have to be in a place where the wind is going pretty heavily in order to thresh the wheat. So this says that Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, and I want to show you what the wine press in Gideon's day looks like. They would literally dig a hole out in the ground, rocks surrounding them, so there is no way that Gideon is making any progress in this place. Yeah. See, what's happening right here is Gideon is so fearful, he's so scared, that he is threshing wheat in a wine press. He's running from his circumstances. How many of you guys run for, I run from my circumstances? 
I hide, I don't want to deal with it. If I just go over here and if I just do this, maybe it'll just go away. Maybe if I just ignore it, all of the stuff will go away. But he's scared. And fear makes us do things that don't make sense. Like threshing wheat in a wine press. See, it was fear that drove him to the wine press and held him hostage there. He was stuck there doing things that made no sense in a place that he was never supposed to be. How many of us find ourselves in that place? We are, we are fearful. We've had experiences. We've had things that we began to look at ourselves in this distorted image, and we're hiding, and we're scared, and we've just stopped. And this has got Gideon in a place that he was never supposed to be. And when we stop and when we live in fear and we allow our circumstances and our view of ourselves to dictate us, we end up in places that we were never intended to be. And so Gideon is in this place and he's in fear. But check, check this out. What I love about this picture in Judges 6.12, it says this, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And what I love about God is he didn't find Gideon at his best. He found him at his worst. He found him when he was hiding, when he was running, when he was alone, when he didn't want anybody to see him. And he showed up and said, Gideon, I see you way different than you see yourself. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what discouragement, disappointment, fear, resentment. I don't know what is in your life right now that you are hiding and just trying to survive that God is right there with you. And he's saying, hey, daughter, you are made to overcome. You are made to be victorious. You are made to walk in freedom. I see you different. I know what you see right now. I know that you see the pain and the hurt and the divorce and the fear and, and all of those things. But daughter, let me tell you something. I see this. And he's showing up in the middle and he's saying, mighty warrior. But listen to what Gideon does, exactly what we do. Drama queen Gideon. <laughs> so God shows up and says, mighty warrior, and listen how Gideon re responds. Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us over to the hand of Midian? Oh my gosh. But you know what? The thing that was holding Gideon back right now is the thing that holds us back too, that things just haven't turned out how we thought they would. I thought I would be married by now. I thought I would have children and I haven't been able to have children. I thought I would have that job that they, I want or that career that I want. I thought I would be at a different place financially and we just find ourselves stuck like Gideon going, well, God, I thought you were going to do this and I thought you were going to do that. And he's just sitting here, God's showing up going, I see you different. And he's like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And God's going, can't, can't you see this picture that I see for you? And Gideon is just stuck over here going, but it hasn't turned out how I thought it was. The church hasn't turned out how I thought it was. The relationships haven't turned out how I thought it was. Man, I thought that I would have all of these friends. I thought that people would invite me to stuff, and I just sit here, and nobody does anything. God, gosh. 
How can you say you see me like this when my life looks like this? And Gideon just begins to throw all of these things. I thought it would be different. And disappointment sets in. But check out what God says again. It, it cracks me up. God is just like, please, Gideon, with your drama. In Judges 6, 14, it says, the Lord turned to him. He doesn't even acknowledge all of Gideon's just rant about how things should have been. He says, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God is basically saying, Gideon, I know that you don't think you have what it takes. I know that it hasn't turned out how you thought it would turn out. But listen, just go in the strength that you have. You don't have to have it figured out. But what I don't want you to do is get stuck in this place where you're just settling into your disappointment, to your fear, to your resentment, to your bitterness, and you're just settled in complaining about all of the things that I haven't done. Listen, go with what you have. Do something. Do not just sit there. Do not just settle back into your disappointment, but get up and go. I don't care what strength you have. I will be with you. Now you move. And some of you guys, you are settled into a place of disappointment, discouragement, maybe with God, maybe with your family, maybe with your career. And God wants to tell you today, listen, you are made for this. Get up out of it and begin to move forward. Begin to walk in victory. Do not settle in to your disappointment that things haven't turned out how you thought they would. If I had a list of things that didn't turn out how I thought I would, I would probably be rich if I had a penny for everyone. God's going, Gideon, I have made you for this. And here's the last thing I think that, that holds us back from being what God has called us to be, and it's number three, our view of our circumstances. Because God shows up, tells Gideon, go in the strength that you have. I'm not, am I not sending you? Gideon's response again, pardon me, my Lord? Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. See, God speaks directly to Gideon's potential, and then Gideon's like, who, me? You want me? I'm the weakest and I'm the least. Can I just ask you something? Who told him that? I like this. Feedback. But you know what? Who told you that you were less than? Who told you you couldn't do it? Who told you that it wasn't good enough? Who told you whatever they told you? God speaks to his potential, and Gideon is like, who me, Lord, not me? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm the weakest. I'm the least. I'm not the best. And can I just tell you something? I, said, I think that we spend so much time focusing on what we see rather than what God says. And a lot of us are looking at this distorted view of ourselves, and God is over here going, no, I've made you for this. I've made you to walk through this. I've made you victorious. But we continue to look at the distorted view of ourself. And as we move on in this story, God tells Gideon to do a few things that I think are so key to move us forward and to understand that God made us for this, that he made us for these things. And the first one is this, is that we have to get rid of our old mindset. You know, in Judges 6.25, it says this, 
This is basically God later on in the story. Gideon goes through this this progression of going, God, give me a sign that you're saying this. And God gives him all of these signs. And then we get to this point where the Lord starts telling Gideon what he needs him to do. He says this, number one, get rid of your old mindset. The last night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. He says, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. See, the Lord tells Gideon to tear down his father's altar to Baal. Now, basically, this altar represented mindsets and mentalities that had been in Gideon's life for a very long time. And God is trying to get Gideon to remove all of these old mindsets, all of these ways that he's thought for so long, all of the disappointment, all of the fear. Everybody's telling him that you're the weakest, that you're the least. And he's saying there's some mindsets and mentalities that we have to begin to get rid of if we're going to move forward. And can I just tell you something? These altars that were there, those altars were there to idolize a false god. And a lot of us have been idolizing false thinking for a really long time. We've been looking in this mirror and we've been believing what we see. The distorted view and what God is saying right here, he's saying, Gideon, tear down this perspective of yourself. I don't want you looking at that mirror anymore. I don't want you looking through that lens anymore. I need you to get rid of those old mindsets and mentalities. How many of you, so my husband and I actually, we just purchased a house, um, I don't know, four or five months ago. And we, it was a fixer upper. And so we're gutting this house. And I don't think we learned the first time because our last house was a fixer upper. And we're like, we're never doing that again. And then there we were again. And so you walk into this house and there's, everything is 30 years old. So it's pink tile, pink, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So we have to go in and remove everything. And how many of you guys, demolition is hard work. It is not easy to tear out all of that stuff that has been there for 30 years. It is so hard to get rid of and to remove all of that stuff. But in order to rebuild something, you have got to remove the old. And some of us need to do some demolition in our thinking today. We need to begin to remove the old way of thinking and to begin to rebuild how God sees us and what he says. In Philippians 4.8, it says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Basically, what he's saying is every good thought that you can have, I need you to begin to write those things down. I need you to stick them on your mirror. I need you to do whatever you can so that you can begin to see yourself with a different picture and tear down that old view. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And can I just tell you that what we believe determines our behavior. And a lot of us, I think, have been walking around with this false mindset. And it's how we walk through life. It's why we're disappointed with people. It's why we can't step out and do something and get involved or build relationships. It's why we're timid in our job is because we have all of these experiences that are holding us back because what we believe is determining how we behave and how we act and how we move forward in life. We have to begin to tear down those old mindsets. And then it says this, 
in Judges 6.26, then build up a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God. On top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as the burnt offering. This is basically what he's saying is you have to build a new mindset. You have to build a new altar to the Lord that replaces the false idol. See, he's changing Gideon's mindset by changing the way he thinks. The last thing that we need to do is so interesting in this story because this isn't something that God tells Gideon to do. This is Gideon acting in obedience. Because in Judges 6, 27, it says, So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. And here's the thing. You know what? When God asks us to do something, here's what I realize about Gideon. He's moving forward. He's being obedient. But you know what? He's scared. He's doing it at night. He doesn't want people to see. Can I just tell you something? You can do things scared. You don't have to wait until you have the strength or the ability. God told Gideon, go in the strength that you have. You don't wait till you feel like you have it all together. You don't wait till you have everything figured out. What you have to do is exactly what Gideon is doing. He's moving forward in obedience. And there is a key to something that Gideon does. It says he took 10 of his servants with you. Basically, in those days, those were some of his boys. And basically, he's not going alone at this. Because I don't know if you guys, it's so much easier to do things with other people. We have strength, we have courage, we can move forward, and we need people around us that are going to remind us of what God said. Because those men that were around him that are going, okay, we're with you to go tear down that altar and build the new one. When Gideon was getting scared, guarantee those guys were doing, no, 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 Gideon, I want to remind you of what God said. This is what we're doing. And we need people around us that, that when we get scared or when we get weak, they are right there going, no, 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 no. This is who you are. Yeah. We need to do it with other people. You know, that, that guy that I was with that were so long, there was a moment when I was sitting in the back of a church service. And I, I was so far from God, I just went to church because that's what my parents made me do. And I was sitting in the back of this church service, and for no reason, I wasn't even paying attention. This was just the Holy Spirit in my, in my life. All of a sudden, I just began crying. And I was like, I can't live this way anymore. It's like in that moment, I threw down that distorted view of myself, and I said, yes, God, I'll take this. And I went home and I remember calling the guy up on the phone and I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. But what I also did was I called up three of my good friends and said, listen, I just did this. And can you be available when I get weak and I want to go back? Can you remind me of the decision that I just made to be who God says I am? and to be whole, and to be well, and to walk in the confidence, and to go, listen, I was made for this. I was made to overcome. I was made to be victorious. I was not made to live this life where I feel inferior and defeated. Can you remind me? Yeah. And honestly, that's what she-gathering is all about. Yeah. Because how many of you guys would admit, man, it's really hard to make friends as adults? <laughs> like, we are all so awkward. It's hard. I feel like I am the most awkward person in conversation sometimes. I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Do they like me? I don't know. 
I really like them and I want to hang out with them, but I'm, I don't want to tell them. Exactly, you don't want to look desperate. But aren't we desperate for good people in our life? I mean, really. And this is where environments like this, where we're going to hang out after this, we got food out there, we got snacks, we got all of that. Have an awkward conversation. Okay, just go up to somebody and be like, you look really cool, what's your name? Seriously. We all just admitted we need people in our life. We need good friends. Sometimes those things start with awkward conversations. I want to leave you with one last thing. I remember years and years ago, after TJ and I had started this church, and I honestly lived with a lot of insecurity. I still do. And I remember just questioning, God, am I a good leader? I had had some people that did some stuff behind my back that just caused me to question everything. And I was going, God, am I a good leader? Am I supposed to do this? I don't think that I'm gifted. I don't think that I'm supposed to do this because all of these things happen and this person just left my church and this person is talking behind my back. Lord, I don't think I was cut out for this. And in that moment... It was almost like God whispered to me, Shayla, you were made for this. And he led me to a passage of scripture in John, and it's just the first part of John 15, 16. And it was like that day I opened up my Bible and this is what it said. It said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Can I tell you something? A lot of you guys, you didn't choose your situation. You didn't choose the circumstances that you're in right now. But God's looking at you. He's saying, listen, I chose you. I chose you to overcome. I chose you because you have everything that it takes. Just go in the strength that you have. Shayla, you were made for this. And can I tell you, I don't, I don't know who you are or, or what's going on in your life, but God wants to whisper to you right now, listen, you were made for this. And I hope that as you step out of here tonight, that you can have conversations and that you can walk out of here with a, with a burden lifted off of you because you don't have to look in that mirror anymore. See, God brought you here tonight just to tell you, listen, this is who I see. This is who I made you to be. You are not the sum of your circumstances. You are not the sum of your relationships. You are not a sum of the dysfunction that has happened in your life. This is who I see. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, I just want to pray over all of you. Because I think every single one of us has something in our life where we look in the wrong mirror. And I just want to pray that today that God would remind us that you were made for this, that he chose you, that you are victorious, that you will walk in freedom. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight.
And God, I pray for all of these daughters, all of these women, all of these mothers, all of these friends, God, that sit in this place tonight. Lord, I pray that as we step out of this place tonight, that you would remind us that you made us for this. God, that you would remind us that we are not alone, that you would remind us, God, when we don't feel the strength, that you just say, go in the strength that you have. Am I not sending you? God, that you would be with us. And when we're tempted to go back to the wrong mindset, God, that you would remind us again of who you've called us to be. Lord, we thank you that you chose us even though we might not see it, even though we might not feel it. God, that you have something to do through us. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.